How y'all doing this morning? Look, I'm going to let y'all know that coffee bar is amazing. So if you haven't gotten it, you needed coffee. How y'all doing this morning? There you go. Amen. I'm so blessed and honored to be here. Uh, truly am. We love our Thrive Church family. Uh, some of y'all may know me either from Awaken or from Ascend or from the Chesterfield Food Bank Outreach Center, which Thrive partners with as well. We love doing outreach. We love reaching people. And we love sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyone with me on that? Y'all, y'all are talking about Jesus a little bit. Amen. So I was blessed and honored to be able to come out here. Pastor Kevin, uh, your leadership here at Thrive is just amazing. They, they don't tell me to do this. I'm doing this out of my own free will. The leadership team really is amazing. You guys have a phenomenal church. Pastor Kevin not only pours out to y'all, but he pours out to so many pastors, not just here locally, but uh, just around the country through y'all's denomination. It's just beautiful. So give Thrive Church a hand. Amen. Amen. So I, I do love being here, and my name is Pastor Nick, and I cannot wait to dive in. So we have a thing at Awaken. Um, we say real church. And what that means, it doesn't mean that Awaken is a real church. It is a real church, but Thrive is a real church as well. Amen? What it means is that church, when we gather together at church, we don't have to be fake. There you go. One person's like, yeah, that's right. We don't have to be fake. We don't have to pretend like everything is great. Like if you say, how you doing today? And they say, I'm too blessed to be. No, you're not. I saw your Facebook. You were stressed five minutes ago when you made that post. Leave me alone. Or like if, there, if I was doing any better, there need to be two of me. No, there does not need to be two of you. One is plenty, okay? It's fake. Amen? We don't gather on Sundays to act like everything is going well. We gather on Sundays because we recognize that life is difficult, that sin is real. And that even when we do our best, we still fall short of the glory of God. But yet we serve a God who loves us right where we're at, who meets us right where we're at. Amen. So we don't bring this mask to God that looks like everything's right. We bring him all of our broken pieces so that he can put us back together, not the way we were, but the way we're supposed to be. Amen. How many of y'all know that when you come to Christ, he doesn't just take you up out of the dirt. He doesn't uh, breathe life into the death of your sin and raise you up out of your grave just so you can go back living the same way that you were living. Amen. He gives you a new life. Behold, all things are new. All the old has gone away. But we can't do that unless we're real, unless we're authentic, unless we're transparent, unless we're vulnerable, which can be a very dangerous word because we try so hard to make it look like we know what's going on and we're... We're in control. How many of y'all ever feel out of control sometimes? Real church. How many of y'all ever feel like you are doing everything you can do? You are working as hard as you can work, and you are just punching the air. Go through seasons in life where you may be on the mountain high, and then something happens, an earthquake, and that begins to fall, and you find yourself in the valley lows, and you're tired. Is anyone tired this morning? Not just a lack of sleep from last night, but you're tired. The kind of tired that sleep alone does not take away. And maybe not in this season, but you can relate to that kind of season in your life when you feel like you're just done. You ever said that? I'm done. The enemy wants you in that position. He wants you exhausted doing good things so you become ineffective and no longer moving the kingdom of God forward. The enemy wants you thinking that you have no hope or way out. He wants you so exhausted that you begin to burn out. 
It's one thing for you to be inactive in your faith. It's another thing for you to be alive in your faith on fire for Christ and not setting the right boundaries in your life to where you don't face burnout. Because the moment you burn out, everything begins to spiral. Integrity, choices, character, everything goes downhill. The enemy begins to win because it's one thing for the enemy to have a Christian step away from their faith. It's nothing to have the, a Christian stay in their faith but live hypocritically. Real church? So today we're gonna talk about rest and we're gonna talk about how we dive in to these seasons of life and how we can get out of them. It's one thing to point out a problem. It's another thing to have a solution to a problem. How many of y'all get annoyed when people, they just point out every problem there is, but they never bring anything to the table to fix it, amen? Y'all don't do that here at Thrive, do you? Everyone has a solution. I love it. What's the solution? Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Say Jesus louder. Jesus. Jesus. Amen. That's it. So the big idea today, we're going to talk about how resting isn't inactive, it's preparation. Because we can get in these seasons where we feel so tired and exhausted that we begin to rest. I'm just taking a break, and we're not actually breaking, we're just stopping. Heard it been said, if you're not moving forward in your faith, you're already beginning to slide backwards. And I believe that to be true just out of personal experience in my own walk. These last few years of COVID have been crazy. Anyone with me? Amen, real church. That, that's positive. We don't, that's not even a debate. It's been crazy. I've walked with so many people that they have tried their best to navigate through these years and all the changes and all the suffering and all the tribulations. And I've seen people with very, very high levels just begin to crumble. And they're allowed to. Because that's what people do, amen? But what I see is that the enemy wants to keep them in that position. That he doesn't want the children of God to stand up and begin to push back. If we were going to be real church and admit that in church we can be 100% honest, how many of y'all would admit that either in the past season or in this current season you faced enormous struggles, battles, whether it's you personally or people around you. You've seen the turmoil. You've seen what people are going through, the tribulations and the storms. You've seen it. Elijah in 1 Kings, he shares a story with us. We read a story about Elijah in 1 Kings, and it shows us exactly how high we can be and how quickly we can fall. But the steps to get back up. There's something that we repeat a whole lot. We didn't make it up. It's in Scripture. She says the righteous fall seven times, but then they do what? They say it louder. What do they do? The righteous fall seven times, then they? They get up. Tell your neighbor, get up. We're going to come out of 1 Kings 19, 1 through 4. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me, and more so, if by about this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the life of one of them. And he was afraid and got up and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked for himself to die and said, Enough, now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. How quickly we can go from winning to running over a simple comment. 
Maybe you can relate to this. You've had, man, you just had a great day. Then someone, you get a text, you get a phone call, or someone comes into your office or knocks on your door or whatever the form of communication is. It could be smoke signals, and your whole day just went downhill. Anyone been there? How quickly we can go from winning for Christ, winning for God, winning in life, to running because something has changed. Where is our foundation? Where are we, what are we building on? Is it the word of God or is it how we feel inside? Do we trust God despite what we see around us? Is that why scripture says that we're to walk by faith, not by sight? In my own life, I can think of time and time again where I've been Elijah. I've seen the greatness of God move in my life. This is why Jezebel was so upset because he had destroyed the prophets of Baal and seen fire come down, made a mockery of their pagan idols, a mockery of them, and then killed the prophets. Saw a massive movement of God. Miraculous, supernatural. I've been there not seeing 400 prophets die, but I've been there in respect to seeing God move mountains in my life. If God has moved a mountain in your life, can you just say amen, hallelujah right now? Amen. And then I've woken up the next day and gotten news and began to run. Why do we forget so quickly? What God has already done. Elijah had no problem standing up against one giant, but when he heard the voice of another, it changed. It says in the scripture that he was afraid, so he got up and he ran for his life. What do you do in that flight or fight, uh, flight or fight response? Do you stand up and run, or do you stand up in the armor of God and begin to battle back? Do you allow the enemy just to continue to beat you down, or do you recognize that you already had the victory in Jesus Christ because he won it on the cross, and we're co-heirs? Do we hear the voice of the enemy or the, or the insecurity of our flesh and step back from the person that we're called to be in Christ? Do we get daunted by what the world can throw out of us or, the own, or our own bad choices and begin to run from the callings over our lives? Do we take the hits as an excuse to lay down? Do we remember that we are sealed with the living spirit of God and it is by that authority that raised Christ from the grave that we too can rise up every single time we hit the ground? Elijah, powerful prophet, one comment sent him not only running, but running a day's travel alone into the wilderness. My question today would be how many of y'all are running in the wilderness? Going from crying out to God to, to move mountains and to see, see him show himself to cry out to God saying, you know what, enough. Lord, take my life. That's real church. Because you can walk with God and still wake up not wanting to. You can walk with God, be used by God, and still go through battles that shake you to your core. You can be so close to God that you, that it stands out. And you can still face tribulations and trials that tear down your walls. So if you're struggling today, don't think that it's a lack of faith. Don't think that you're not doing what you're supposed to. Don't begin to allow the enemy to condemn you. So condemnation kicks you while you're down. Conviction picks you back up and points you in the right direction. 
Church, let us not be victims of the enemy or our own flesh, but let us be victors through Christ Jesus that we do not have to run. We do not have to be afraid. We do not have to get up and then cry out to God, just kill me, I can't handle it. God's saying, you're not supposed to handle it. You're supposed to hand it over to me. But some of us, we walk around these perfect pictures and but underneath the surface, we're just crumbling. Long enough timeline, only the pieces will remain. You do know well by acting like everything's okay when it's really not. You serve no good pretending like you have it all together, even though behind the scenes you are struggling with sin. And to be honest, sometimes it's not always a struggle. We do not gain anything by faking everything. God sees you right where you're at. Your insecurities, your shortcomings, your frailties, your flaws, even the things that you think are problems that aren't really problems, God sees you right where you're at and he's receiving you right where you're at. The beautiful thing with that kind of love that can meet us where we are is that it does not leave us where we are. That's the kind of love that we receive from God that heals us, molds us, shapes us, grows us into who we're called to be. And when we experience that kind of love, then we, then we have this opportunity when the enemy comes knocking that we can stand firmly and confidently that it's not our ability, but it is Christ through us that gives us the ability to do anything that God calls us to do. Because his word says through him, all things are possible. Elijah talks to God way more than I have, has done way more than I ever imagined to do. So I take courage that he was afraid. Not that it makes it okay for me, but it makes me not alone. How many of y'all are telling God enough? I'm done. I can't go on. And maybe you're not verbalizing it out loud, but it's represented in your actions. You no longer have the same passion or drive or dedication or faithfulness, dare I say, to truly commit to who God has called you to be in this word that he's called you to live out. You're not walking in it the way you once did. So no, you're not telling God enough, I'm done, but you are living that out in your life. Church, can you remember a time that you were so on fire, you used to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and pray 17 hours and then read the Bible for 15 hours? hours and you just have this build up stop you don't go backwards you go forwards and you probably weren't doing everything you thought you were at that time anyway we have to wake back up because God is calling us to something greater and verse 5 we pick back up and it says then he laid down and fell asleep under a broom tree but behold there was an angel touching him and he said to him arise and eat and he looked, and behold, there was, his head, there, there was at his head a round loaf of bread baked on hot coals and a pitcher of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. But the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too long for you. So he runs to this broom tree. He falls down and he falls asleep. And then he's awoken by an angel with breakfast in bed. Amen. So rise and eat. He looks and there's a pitcher of water and there's bread. He eats and goes back to sleep. He says, no, wake up and eat and eat more. There's a journey ahead of you and you can't make it on your own. 
we have to recognize an inconvenient truth. Resting in God is physical, mental, and spiritual. Christians, we are at a disadvantage if we do not recognize that we cannot just read our Bibles and then think everything's okay. If we do not recognize that we are not like... Anyone ever been sick, like for a long period of time? Amen. I grew up in the hospital from 5 to 13, and last year I spent another eight months battling, uh, battling an illness that had me completely uh, just done. I, I couldn't eat. I was throwing up constantly. I was just, I dropped like 50-some pounds and, and couldn't move. If you don't take care of yourself physically, how are you going to be used by God? And if your body is not yours, but it's the temple that God has given you, that his spirit dwells in, are you honoring that temple? Now, I have no room to talk compared to your pastor. He can bench press me. It's okay. I know where I'm at. I do well by skipping McDonald's, okay? He does well by not skipping leg day. It's okay. We're two different people. So I'm not saying that you have to be a bodybuilder. I'm not saying that you have to hit the gym seven days a week. But I am saying, are you making honorable choices with your body? Are you taking care of your body? Are you sleeping at night, church? Or does your cell phone become an idol that you worship in the wee hours? What are we indulging in? Because all of that begins to affect our mentality, our mental space. Do we pretend like I have so much faith, I'm never having anxiety? <laughs> you liar. I'm sorry, real church, sorry. Do you know how many people I've walked through in these past three years that I've never dealt with anxiety, that are like, I have no idea what's going on. I've had like three people in one week reach out to me for the same exact thing. That was like two weeks ago. Never, never experienced anxiety before in their life. Because where you're weak, the devil wants to attack you. Maybe it is spiritually. Maybe you're not reading the way you need to. You're not studying the word of God. Maybe you treat the word of God like a fortune cookie, church. Like you take it and you just crack it open and you pick whatever you want to read and that applies to your life. That's not how you read your Bible. Maybe your time with your Bible is only spent in devotionals, which are good, but they're supplementary to actually studying the word of God. Why is that so crucial? Because what you don't know is where the enemy is going to hit you. So wherever your lack is, is where the enemy's gonna target. So when we rest in God, we see, we have to understand that we are resting physically, mentally, and spiritually. And we can see it in this passage. After he wakes up from that uh, broom tree nap, he's given a pitcher of water and bread. He needed to eat. Don't be so busy trying to overcome mountains, slay giants, or just be busy, someone being so busy for God that you're not taking care of yourself physically. Because I guarantee you, if you're not where you need to be in your, in your physical health, the enemy's gonna target that and tear you down. If I don't sleep, I'm not the same Christian that I should be, amen? Anyone with, I don't need beauty rest. I need, I, I need like happy rest. Like I need, I need Holy Spirit rest. Like I don't get hangry, I just get angry. You know what I mean? And, and if we don't take care of ourselves at that level, then are we being good witnesses to those around us? Are we really at a capacity to serve? So he got that bread and that water. Mental, oh, it was the second sleep. How many of y'all relate to that? That first sleep was just exhaustion. 
That was his body being tired. That second sleep, that was his mind being tired. You ever wake up even more tired than he wore before you went to sleep? Toss and turn. Are you battling with feeling lonely, feeling insecure, feeling undervalued, unheard? Are you, are you battling in your head? Because oftentimes the biggest wars we'll ever face, no one around us will see because they take place between our ears. Are you letting God into that battle? Or are you running from it? Are you hiding from it? Are you ashamed of what, you, what you're feeling? Church, we have no time for perfect people. I'll say it again. We have no time for perfect people. Christ came for the sick, not for the healed. Stop acting like you're, you're whole and healed. Start acting like you need Jesus. How many of y'all need Jesus? I need Jesus every single day, amen? I need Jesus because even if I do hit the gym and I do hit my Bible, I still struggle with depression and anxiety. I need Jesus because even though I can come across confident, charismatic, I'm still broken inside. And the last is it's spiritual. And you can think, man, it's the angel being there. Yeah, that's the issue with us today that we can sometimes get distracted by an experience instead of having faith to continue to walk. Like, don't, it's not the fact of experiencing an angel being there. Although that would be cool. Like, I would love to try that water and that bread. It was probably the best water and the best bread ever because it was prepared by an angel, and that would be amazing. But the encounter with the angel was not what helped him spiritually. It was the last statement. He says, arise, eat, because your journey is too long for you. Church, if you are struggling, if you are tired, if you're exhausted, if you feel like you're burning out, you need to recognize that it's not even for you. It's for the purpose that God has in you. You're, you be, you, and what I mean by that is your rest, you being healed and you being whole and you serving God, it's not about you. Tell your neighbor, it's not about you. Y'all quiet. Tell your neighbor, it's not about you. It's about God. And when we take our eyes off of ourself and our own struggles and our own worries and our own stress and we place them back on the kingdom of God, then we have vision, hope, a direction, a purpose, a place to go. Without those things, all we have is ourself. The tree that we're staring at so closely that we can't see the forest behind it. That's where the enemy wants you. He wants you so distracted by your personal castle that's crumbling that you can't see the kingdom of God that is growing rapidly. That's why on the news, all you hear about when you hear about church are the ones that mess up. You don't hear about the hundreds of thousands of other churches that are getting it right every single Sunday serving God faithfully. Maybe the way the enemy's winning in your life right now is has you so focused on the things that aren't going right that you can't see God moving. He said, arise and go. Or he said, arise and eat because the journey is too long for you. Understanding that where God is calling us, he is sustaining us. He gives us the strength and the endurance to continue, to get there, to arrive, to be used by him. So no, you cannot complete this journey on your own. You have to rely on God. But in that, there is hope for you to continue forward. Because when you feel like you can't make it, 
You're ready to finally let God make it through you. We close in eight. It says, so he rose and he ate and drank and he journeyed in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Herod, the mountain of God. This is where we lose people. Because sometimes we want the bread. Sometimes we want the water. Sometimes we want the substance that we can get from God, but we don't actually want to apply it to the place God's calling us to travel. I don't know what kind of bread or water he ate, but it must have been good to get him 40 days and 40 nights. You know what I mean? Pastor Keith would be in trouble. He said that that fish and chip didn't fill him up. I don't know if the bread would last him that long. Amen? God has already provided everything that you need. Not all at one time, but in this season, everything that you need. The question is, will you arise and go? Will you take what he's provided and actually apply it to your life? Or do we eat the bread and drink the water and sit back down? Church, if you feel like you have been going through what we read from this story is that you should not tap up, you should not tap out, but you should get back up. Because God is calling you to a destination. He has a purpose for your life. He wants to use you not so that you can be glorified, so that his will can be glorified, so that he can be put on high. Amen. And the people around us can see that God is alive and true. He did not sustain Elijah with bread and water for, to travel for those, that duration of time just so Elijah would be like, I'm pretty cool. No, he did it so he, when Elijah arrived, he knew that he was there only because God had brought him there. How many of y'all seen that 700 and something million dollar jackpot? Amen. None of y'all did, right? Because we don't look at that, do we? I'm sitting there thinking, man, do you know what we could do with that? And then I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit just reminds me, yeah, but if you did it, then the Virginia lottery would get the credit for it, not God. God wants to take you through seasons where you have absolutely nothing so you can realize that with him, you have everything you need. God wants to walk you through the darkest parts of your life hand in hand so that you know that with him, you can make it through. Let us not run from the comments of the enemy of this world, but let us embrace it, knowing that God will sustain us and carry us through every, every challenge and every battle that we face. Maybe there's someone today that's, you're laying down, you feel beat, exhausted. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God does. And he's asking you, are you gonna give up or are you gonna get up? Are you gonna move forward? Or are you gonna stay put and allow the enemy to continue to kick you while you're down? Have you ever hit a deer before? I have never, but I've seen it and it's terrifying because they just stand there staring at you. Like, what are you doing? It's like large vehicle headed towards you. Church, sometimes that's us. We know what we should be doing. We know that it's, that tomorrow is not guaranteed. It's not promised. We know that we have a very limited amount of time and it's not our time anyway in Christ. It belongs to him because to die is gain and to live is Christ. But we stare at that car approaching us, the inevitable. And we stand there. 
the whole time God is calling us to go. So that's my question, church. How many of y'all can recognize that you are staring at the headlights of the inevitable and you are not moving out of the way? Out of the way? You find yourself under a broom tree, under a broom tree, asking God to just take you out. You want to tap out. You want to be done. You know that your spiritual, mental, and physical health are all being attacked by the enemy. But still you stare at the headlights as they approach. Don't stay in there. Don't stay there. Get back up. God has a work for you to do, not just inside the walls of the church, but inside the community that is dying and going to hell. Do we understand that, church? Each person we refuse to witness to, each person that we withhold the gospel, we're washing our hands of them and allowing them to continue down a path that will lead them facing judgment without the covering of Christ. The whole time that Christians are staying down, the enemy is running rampant. The whole time that we stay focused on our own turmoil and problems and so, so focused on that that we no longer become effective or moving for the kingdom because we're distracted by what we're facing, the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying those around us. So maybe if you're looking for a little bit bigger of a reason to get back up and you don't think you're reason enough, Get up for the person sitting next to you, for your neighbor, for your family, for your friends, for your coworkers. Get back up so they can see that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Get back up so they can see that through God, all things are possible, that I don't have to get hit by the inevitable. I can stand in eternity with my Lord and Savior. Get back up because Christ, when he looked down at us, He was moved by that love so much that he wrapped himself in flesh, lived a life of an example so that we would know how to live, handed himself over to be beaten and nailed to a cross to die for our sin, to rest in a grave for three days, to rise again so that we too may never know the sting of death or the grip of sin but might stand victorious in Christ Jesus. Church, get back up. Get back up. And if you're up now, wait until next week because you might be down. Get back up because the world desperately needs to see Christians not just in church, but being the church seven days a week. People who are unashamed to say, no, I stand for God. Even in the face of the threat of the enemy in this world, I will not compromise, but I will remain faithful because even when I fall short, my God is faithful to me. Stand up, get back up. Do not allow the comments to compromise the calling. Know that God has a purpose for your life. Father God, we praise you. God, I ask that this morning we could remove masks, we could take down walls, God, that you would, you would expose us, Father. 
God, I pray that you would strip us down of every, uh, uh, of every projection we try to portray to make people think that our life isn't crumbling. God, let us be bold in admitting of our weakness because it's in our weakness that your strength is made perfect. God, the world can try all day to act like they're perfect, but we're Christians. We know we're not. Release us from the bondage of trying to pretend like we are. And in those moments of vulnerability and brokenness, God, I pray that you would set us free, that you would meet us where we're at. And with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we would be encouraged and lifted up. God, I pray for those who are exhausted, tired, burning out. They wouldn't let the enemy move in while they're burning out. But God, they would find rest in you physically, spiritually, and mentally. Like a three-legged stool, God, it can't stand on two. Let us have all three. That we might be whole and in proper use of you. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that for those who have wandered in this season that you would call them back. Out of the grip of the enemy, out of the torment of their mind, and into the freedom that is only found in you. In your holy name, Jesus. Amen.